Hey, you're listening to the Nebraska Hour, and it is part of the Bet Your Ash Podcasting Network, BYAPN, BYAPN. And sometimes when we be yapping, we be cursing. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Nebraska Hour. As usual, I'm Timmy Nebraska. And as usual again, we have the Kool-Aid drinker, Brock White. Uh, We do have an announcement on that front, my friend. Oh, really? Like every alcoholic who's trying to recover in every horrible 80s movie you've ever watched, I have poured all the Kool-Aid down the drain and am getting dry. Oh, really? Yeah. Off the Kool-Aid. No more Kool-Aid for me. Off the Kool-Aid? So I've known you for probably about 31 years-ish? Pretty close, yeah. Ballpark. Um, You have been on the Kool-Aid the entire time I've known you. So I'm curious, what is the story here? Uh, when you're tied seven to seven at halftime against North Dakota, that Kool-Aid kind of tastes like maybe it doesn't have enough sugar in it. So you put some more sugar in it and then it just tastes like you're drinking sugar water. And then, you know, you go to the bathroom to pee out all this sugar water and you catch a glimpse of yourself in the mirror. Like you used to do at parties in high school and you're just like, who is that? Like, they look fucked up. There's something wrong with that person. And, yeah, I'm just – I'm done. I'm off too late. Oh, done. man. This is it's a this is a hard hard week for you. Yeah, it's um, – I remember this. Uh, my The same kind of realization of life and uh, logic and um, the real world. Uh, years and years ago for me. Um, then you fooled me one week. Can't believe it. Uh, so, so what do you think the deal is? Uh, what, what's your opinion here? Because personally, I still think we can't block anybody. We're in discipline on defense. We can't tackle anybody. We're off our feet all the time. Like what, what, what was your uh, moment of realization other than just the score being tied? Oh, it's a, for me, it's the defense getting pushed around up front. Uh, poor gap assignment, linebackers can't get pressure, can't tackle, defensive backs can't cover. All they really do is just have 11 guys who are going to run to the ball at some point, and hopefully they have a good enough angle to like keep it out of the end zone. That's so what the defense that, looks like to me. So I think that we're terrible angles and that all of our players look like they want to make highlight hits and they don't ever tackle. So – you remember Levante David when he was like a freshman and sophomore? He made a lot of tackles on his back. And that's okay. He wasn't that big yet. He was really, really young. And he started early. Uh, but he made the tackle every time. He made every tackle still. Well, on his back or not, he made the tackle. And then he learned about 
getting bigger, stronger, faster, uh, becoming a, a now a superstar, probably as far as I'm concerned, the best linebacker in the NFL the last few years for me and our producer, Greg's uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer, future Super Bowl champions again. And at the moment, we have all these players that they just want to make hits and they don't wrap up or tackle at all. And Husker fans bitched a lot about how Levante David was making tackles on his back. Well, he made a tackle, though. And now we don't even have that happen. Now we're off our, we're off our feet. We don't break down. We let North Dakota fucking just run over us at first. The first half was ugly. It was about Iowa, but it was still ugly. We did score a touchdown. I will say that. We did score we scored more than seven points, and we actually took a football and crossed the goal line. So we got that on Iowa. I mean, they're still going to so beat us on Black Friday, but somehow they're going to—it's going to be a stopping. Um, because they're going to figure it out. I don't think we're going to figure it out. I still have hopes. There, there are some bright spots, man. Hey, I, I. I I'm just going to say this. That's I still right think spots. we make a bowl game. Um, I think that we're a 4-8 team. And we have we have a win this week against North Dakota. We might lose to Georgia, Georgia Southern. So I was looking at that Georgia Southern game. The line is 21 and a half. The juice is actually to Georgia Southern on the spread. So if you take Georgia Southern plus 21 and a half, it's minus 110. And Nebraska is even money, right? Uh, I saw it at a uh, minus 105. I did see it uh, even money earlier this morning, but I checked it just before we got on here and it's a minus 105. Well, so one of the things about Nebraska football for years and years is also – so my uh, typical – one of my strategies is checking the, the public numbers and stuff. And when it's like really, really crazily skewed, um, I mean, it's like the ask 10 friends strategy of gambling is most of your friends are wrong. If you ask 10 friends and seven of them say, oh, I got this team heavy, seven of your friends are idiots. I bet against it a lot, right? But when Nebraska, our fan base is so big, and Notre Dame's like this too, that our numbers are kind of skewed usually anyway. Uh, I think a great, great bet would be to take Georgia Southern plus points. I am looking at that. I'm looking at that. Uh, trying to come off, you know, going through the rehab, getting clean off the Kool-Aid. It's going to take me a few days to, you know, get my mind right. So it's hard to start betting against your squad like that. That's one of my first like difficult times in my life. Uh, and the first, coincidentally, the first time I bet really heavy against Nebraska was the Oklahoma game in 2008, I believe. Maybe it was 2009 with Sue that we, we won the game. Uh, I had free tickets from KCOW radio station in Alliance, Nebraska. And um, I bet heavy against us. And I was – Excited to cheer for Nebraska when we were close. I thought, well, if it's a blowout, I'm going to sit there and just get paid. And then I had to debate with myself whether I wanted to get paid more or whether I wanted to see Nebraska pull an upset against a great Oklahoma team. Uh, so 
it's going to be difficult for you, Brock. This is the first time I've ever heard this from you. Whole new world, whole new guy. It's a whole new world, man. Um. So my uh, my frustration. I didn't watch the game live. I was watching Appalachian State and UNC, and I was watching uh, the Oregon and um, Georgia beating. That kind of weird, kind of wild as well. I didn't expect that to happen like that. Yeah, and then I feel was stupid for watching the game live because there were so much better, just football in general, but also better games I could have watched. So I watched the Nebraska-North Dakota game later that night on the replay on the BTN network. Uh, and I kind of skipped through the first half quite a bit. It looked ugly. Our line, I watched the very beginning, and I saw the introductions of the starters, right? And our offensive line outweighs their defensive line by almost 70 pounds per person. And we couldn't block them. Well, it was in the first half, there was just no consistency. Like in the fourth quarter, the reason we won the game is because I would say probably the last 20 minutes of the game, they committed to the run and Anthony Grant and a Jay Allen just took over because they got in a rhythm running. The line got in a rhythm blocking. And I think it honestly, the first half to me was probably on Whipple for just poor play call. He was trying to go from every single corner of the play sheet instead of being like, okay, we ran this and got seven yards. I'm not going to go to a bubble screen or maybe I, like, no, he doesn't run play action. I don't get it. I don't understand that at all either. I don't don't know if we've ran more than maybe five or eight play action uh, plays the entire season so far. And we have a great running back. We have potentially a good running game, especially against teams that we outmatch athletically and size, size and strength wise. Um, I don't think that against a team like North Dakota, we should have been trying to throw a whole bunch. We could just run over them as long as our guys are, are ready to block. And we did that in second half. Also, Anthony Grant, man, he is good. He is really, really good. We have yeah, some um, great running backs. We have some great yeah. position receivers. We have, a, we have a quarterback that's super talented. Why can't our giant Oklahoma-sized offensive line block anybody? Well, like I just said, it's not that they can't. It's we need to run the ball early to get those boys, like, involved and get them in the rhythm and the flow. Because if you go back and look at it, in the fourth quarter, before the snap, the linemen were turning and talking and pointing and communicating. That hasn't happened not in the first week and certain or week zero and certainly not in the first half on Saturday. Not in a couple of years, probably. But they were engaged. They were involved. You like the you could almost see the the flip had switched on for them. And they're like, oh, we're playing football again. Let's murder these motherfuckers. And they just kept running it and running it, and they knocked down, you know, a little pass here or there. I think we have a good passing game as as well. I I think we have a good, a really good, talented, good size, athletic O line. Um, One of the things that we've seen for a long time in the rest of football, way back in the day, as far as tradition and history, even though that shit's all dead, our history and tradition now is just losing. Um, But 
our linemen are the smartest players on our team forever. That's what they're supposed to be. And that's how it should be in every, in every football game is your linemen are smart. Your linemen and your quarterback are smart. Like they, they re- make the reads themselves. You don't need to coach them that much. That's the whole goal. Uh, and we're from a Brock and I are both from a very small town, Nebraska. And what do big ass linemen want to do the most? Just crush the guy in front of them. Yeah, they want to run, run people over, right? So against a team that we outmatch, we should just be able to just run people over. And we saw that in the, in the third, in the late third and fourth quarter. Now, this next week, Georgia Southern is super athletic. They are big. They are strong. They're not North Dakota. North Dakota isn't the most best athletes in the country, but they are still country. And they are they want to they want to run people over. Georgia Southern has dudes still. We might not be able to just outmatch them. Well, I'm hoping that that fourth quarter was probably the best the team has looked in the last in Frost's tenure, probably. I'm hoping that maybe you know, some of the older guys who have been there for three, four years of losing go back and show the young guys, hey, this is what it's supposed to look like. No penalties, no dumb plays. We didn't have any crazy busts of I blocking. Or, bullets. We can like, be bullies. Like, yeah, just we lined up, you know, be send a tight end in motion, and then – Bang. Just smack you in the mouth football. So do you think a lot of this still comes down to coaching? Is our coaching really as bad as it seems? I just think that Whipple's trying to find it. Like, I think he's a good coach. And I mean, he's brand team. new. So I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, put a bunch of, like, hate or pressure on him. He's brand, brand new. Um, I still kind of uh, – I look to Frost as the guy that's supposed to help him find it. And like Frost is still the leader of the offense and should be. And they need to get their shit together. I I I'd love to see I'm, a win, obviously. I love to yeah, see a win by more than one score. It's nice to see win. I just think I was more disappointed in the defense. Because that staff's been together for a long time. Uh, you know, former Huskers as coaches. And when you look at it, like the roster, we have dudes. When you see them on the TV, it's like, yeah, we have dudes. But everybody just wants that, you know, highlight, real ESPN, top 10. Everybody tries to hit everybody in, in the chest. And, you know. It's okay. It's okay to like wrap wrap them up around. That's what I mean about Levante David, man. Levante David is an NFL All Pro, Pro Bowl, Super Bowl champion. He is one of the top five linebackers in the NFL. And early on in Nebraska, he made a lot of tackles on his back, but he made the tackle, and that was important. And we don't see that happen now. Um, You know who I love to see Nebraska hire and bring in as an assistant or uh, even a, a consultant for the defense. I want to see psychopath Jason Peter <laughs> come on and like coach Nebraska because that dude is a lunatic and we need that lunatic attitude. We need to change 
fucked up. This is like Tom Osborne. Oh well, you know, hope we play, hope we play better. That shit's over, man. I want to see some guy with a fine or uh, or Mike Leach would be fantastic. I want to see a little bit of wildness. I would love to see Frost walking with gold chains and fucking just be a little, little bit gangster. Be- I want to see Frost like like swing his dick a little bit, like you did. You, you yeah, just be anything other than every forty year old white man in the state of Nebraska. That's the whole point. Is like he used to have his attitude a little bit, like he wasn't afraid of nothing. And I want to see him do that here because he's trying to get this tradition. He's afraid of a bunch of old eighty year old white dudes. Apparently, that's terrible. I mean, it just he didn't come in like that. And now he he's afraid of the of the of the fan base, and I still just think that now against against North Dakota, we should be able to line up and be bullies, and we did eventually. But when we play Oklahoma, even against Northwestern, like we should probably try to show out a little bit. I want to see us throw deep sometimes. I want to see us push the defense. I want to see us make them change. Well, I did. Uh, there was one play I really did like. I uh, forget what the score was. It was like third and 14 from our own six. And they just straight drop. Thompson looks right, looks left, looks right. Finds Trey Palmer for like 40 yards down the near sideline. I remember that play. Like, I love that. He ran a really great like wheel route pretty much. Yeah. And I love that play call because, you know, Luckily for North Dakota, they were in like a cover four and Palmer just made the play over the safety. But, you know, against a better team who trust their guys a little, maybe like a Jordan man Southern, up. maybe in that in that same situation, they're man up blitz. and now you just hit. Oklahoma will now blitz you just the situation. Hit. A third and long, Oklahoma's going to blitz us. You're not going to have time to make that throw. Correct. But, you know, if it's that, I think it was like a one score game, maybe tied. But yeah, some of those defensive coordinators are gonna blitz that situation. But you always have the the ones that are, hey, we just need to get off the field. We've already won the field position. That's a lot of how Big Ten coaches do it. Yeah, they're gonna they're field, gonna play a, a kind of a softer zone and just they're gonna give you eight yards instead of fourteen. Exactly. And maybe just one time a kid falls down and now you have Trey Palmer out the back door for, you know, an 86-yard touchdown. That's kind of what I mean about the we, – we have nine receivers that are good enough to play at, um, at a lot of colleges and, like, play multiple downs, maybe even start at a lot of schools. Um, we need to start using that. And if we don't, like, we, can, we can bully smaller schools like this. Next week, we can't necessarily bully Georgia Southern, but against Oklahoma – if they man up on us again on that same kind of a, of a situation and play too deep and blitz a guy, uh, he's not going to get down the field more than 14 yards before Casey Thompson's in trouble again. Casey Thompson looks like against even against North Dakota, he looks like he's Kyler Murray running around back back there. That's a problem. So that's a problem. On the receiver standpoint, uh, can I ask you a question about Omar Manning? All right, what you think? Uh, why does he have a scholarship? Um, how many times has he been, has he been targeted this year? You think he hasn't ever been open? Yeah. Um, 
I don't think he's been targeted more than maybe four or five times. Like I was while I was watching the game and then going back and watching like the little condensed version they put out the BTN afterwards. Uh, he's not open. He's a he terrible just, route runner. He's just not open. Every- he 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 rounds his routes off. I mean, he's he's the guy that was a superstar for a long time, probably, and he was so much more athletic than everybody else that was covering him that he's didn't ever learn how to run routes. Like he didn't he didn't square them off. His footwork's bad. Um, and but he I mean he can learn that kind of stuff. Uh, we have eight of the receivers that run good routes. Uh, Casanato is a great receiver. I agree. He's a great receiver. He looks like Ocho Cinco out there running routes collegially. You know, like all right, all right, all right. Let's not. I mean, go he to... runs great routes, man. He runs great routes. Let's not go to Ocho Cinco though. He's a I good mean, his route. Footwork, his footwork is amazing. Good. If you watch, if you like really detail and, and watch that again, his footwork is amazingly good. He's always open, kind of. Also, it did hurt that uh, Vokalek, like he's so key just as a good tight end, whether they can keep him in for that, like, you know, extra blitzer that Oklahoma might be, or maybe you send him out on that, like, shallow cross or, you know, little flat route. So, so Thompson has sure somewhere to block go. anybody yet, though. He's a big dude, but I'm not sure if he's a good blocker yet. He's dangerous in passing game. He's a six-seven tight end. He's dangerous that way. I'm not sure if he can block yet. Well, he better better figure it out if he wants to I go mean, to the league. I mean, you no, know, but, but some guys, some some pass catching tight ends are great, and they're they're good size, fast, can catch the ball, whatever. But they're not great run run blockers, and that's one of the things that separates um like Gronk from. From uh, everybody else, everybody he, else. And, he was, I mean, and George Kittle's a great blocker. Travis Kelsey has, has got a lot better in run in the run game. Well, I was just about to say I'd rather have George Kittle's than Travis Kelsey because yeah. the the reason Gronk is the goat tight end is because he was an elite pass catcher playmaker, but also elite run block. He was almost an extra tackle on the field. And if they if he has to chip at the end, and then he he can pick up the the linebacker for even just to seal the side, um, he's great at that. And that's something that is is not even that much skill. It's kind of just getting in the way a little bit and knowing where you're at. Like it, it's spatial awareness. But you can learn that. That's something. That's a skill that's not like uh, an innate ability. You can teach that very well. Uh, hopefully that happens soon. Um, I think Nebraska looked a lot better in the fourth quarter. There, there. I mean, there, there is. A, there's a, a glimmer of hope for me. Uh, we didn't look great. I want us to just show out. I want the attitude to change. I want Frost to, to have the attitude like that he did at UCF when he thought there was no pressure. Because the, the reality of the of the situation is in Nebraska, the tradition and history thing is dead, and there shouldn't be pressure to live up to that. That was 30 years ago. Um. And, and the kids that are, are playing, as I said multiple times before, man, these 1920 kids weren't alive when we were good. Well, even their parents, unless they were heavily involved in college football, like they probably don't remember that shit. 
Yeah, their so, parents were, were were five, ten years old like we were, you know. So, and, but so we, now you're telling a recruit. Now you're telling a recruit, oh, we have a great tradition. Ask your grandparents. So, and a big part of what I think about this is is that so Frost has been a great recruiter for the entire time he's been here, right? But he's had a lot of guys transfer. And I assume that the recruiting pitch involves, hey, look what I did at UCF. Look what we did at Oregon. And we want to do that in Nebraska. And the players come here to Nebraska thinking, well, we're going to be fast. We're going to have a crazy offense. It's going to be fun to play. Even if we're not good yet, it's going to be fun for us. And then we haven't done that yet. So then we have all these kids transferring out. Well, if we don't live up to – if he doesn't keep his word to these recruits and they all leave, that's a bad look for us also. And then and a, a big part of Nebraska is like as a culture of Nebraska is – is, is keeping your word and standing by what you say, right? And for Frost to be a little wild and to be fast and, like, break traditional passing, running game, whatever style, would be keeping his word. All right. I can agree with all that to a point. But also, I think there's a part – you can't put it all on Frost with all the transfer outs or the coaches. You have to look at the kids. Because you look around the country, it's not just Nebraska. Every school, it's just these kids are soft. They're entitled. Um, they want so, they want so the NIL deal. They want to play right away. They don't want to be told. I don't, so I don't, I'm a for a minute there. I don't disagree with you there at all. Um, but we don't know about the kids. We know about Frost. It's hard for me to talk about a kid that I don't know about. We we've heard Frost speak for four years. We've heard he, he's accountable to us because, like, I don't know about these freshman kids that are 19, 20 years old, whatever. It's, I can't talk shit about them being soft or whatever their situation is. I have no idea about that. Well, no, I'm but just I can definitely like, say that Frost isn't holding up to what he said originally. And, like, it makes sense of why if I was a, a 18, 19 year old kid getting recruited and I was told one thing and then that didn't happen, how I'd, I, I would want to leave. I agree with that. I'm just saying. Like, let's split it 50 50. Half is Frost's fault. Half is. I would say 80 20. Because I don't know about the kids. It's hard for me to talk talk shit about an 18 year old kid that I have no idea. Well, look, at my work, we've recently, like this summer, I've worked with probably five or six different 18 to 25 year olds. And. My point is, we don't hear them speak. We hear Frost speak. We we know about him. Yeah, we don't but just know, like we, we don't know individual situations about the kids. Just like meeting that generation, because I, you know, I don't really hang out with a lot of twenty year olds. I'm sure you don't either. Yeah, yeah, don't. But just through this summer, you know, you see all the memes and all the boomers complaining. I've met with several of them and experienced them in a physical labor, you know, manual labor type job and they don't they don't want it. Like, Man, I didn't want a labor job then either. But like they're playing football. It should be fun for them. So like when the coach says, hey, this is what we're going to do. It should be fun for us and this is the game plan. And then in two years that didn't happen, I'd be like, well, I kind of want to get the hell out of here because of this other team is telling me we're going to do this. I already see that happening. It's easy for me to leave a coach that isn't doing what he told me he's going to do to a coach that said he was going to do this before I committed to Nebraska. And I already see it happen. Yeah, that makes 
perfect sense. Look, uh, what other but, game we got? We got Georgia Southern and Nebraska twenty-one and a half. What else are you looking at for this weekend? Um, let's take a quick uh break and uh then let's uh, continue this. Hi guys, this is Timmy Nebraska with the, with the Nebraska Hour. And if you or anybody you know has a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-522-4700 or 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in Indiana, you can call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. If you don't have a gambling problem, let's make some money. All right, we're back after a quick break here. Um, so what games do you have this week there, Broxter? I've got four whales that I'm looking at. Whales, he says. I'm interested. Uh, Bama versus Texas. Okay. Texas is quote unquote back. I love their running back. I like Sarkeesian. I'm going to, I'm looking at laying 20 and a half with Alabama because I do believe Alabama is still Alabama. Um, I mean, last week was the traditional Alabama gets a beat up on a, Maybe a school for the blind. I'm not sure. Um, their regular cupcake game that Nebraska used to have. Uh, and it looked like they were Alabama still. Uh, I thought they played the deaf last week and the blind was the week after Texas. But uh, maybe, I mean, either way, it's semantics. But yeah, it's still Nick Saban. It's still Alabama. Three touchdowns. I'll lay it. Uh, I think that that's a pretty pretty solid bet. You know that, that every team that was favored by four-plus touchdowns last week all covered? Every one of them covered. Yeah, I think Nebraska is the only favorite to not cover so far in college football. Yeah, 26-1 and one favorites cover. Yeah, so I'm going to ride that train. I'm going to ride the Nick Saban well, train. Favorites one, I mean, not covered necessarily, but they, but all all um all the teams that were favored by 28 plus all covered, and they were every favorite one except for Nebraska up until last week, um, uh, or up until this week, 26 and one favorites one. So oh, actually, I'm, that's not true. 26 and two, Florida State beat LSU. Oh, there you go. I was actually on the Seminoles. Shout out, McGee. We were both on the Seminoles. What a fantastic game. And what a wild finish. Like a blocked PAT to win bananas. Also, what an excellent week it's going to be for me listening to these LSU fans all week. Oh, man. You're just going to hear them bitch like crazy. The the kicker might have to transfer. Uh, I, the mafia still exists in Louisiana. Well, just like, man, he's gonna get heckled like crazy. He's gonna have a bad few weeks for sure. He needs to make like a fifty-four yard field goal or something like that to redeem himself. Even though it was blocked, like they're gonna blame him. Uh, and then uh, Brian Kelly talked about how the punt returner that dropped that that fumbled two punts after the game last week said that he uh, that it was their mistake, the coaching mistake, to put him out there. And since then, today he has deleted all of his all of his LSU stuff off all of his social media things. And it would be a really bad look for Brian Kelly to have a kid transfer after one week. Yeah. It's not a good look. Not kind not of, a uh, kind of pours into the, uh, Brian Kelly's, a uh, giant prick douchebag kind of. Oh yeah. 
Also, I think that we both hit on Florida last week as well. Correct. Correct. Great game to watch. Maybe one of the best games of the day to watch. Other than uh, I had Appalachian State plus the points, Appalachian State money line, and I fell short of the money line. Um, but that was maybe the best game to watch all, all of the season so far. Maybe of the year. So I'm not a big uh, total better, but I did take the App State North Carolina over, which would have hit just in the fourth quarter. Like if you just take well, the fourth quarter, they would have hit the over. It was 59, some of that. 50, I got it at 59 and a half. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a crazy, crazy game. Um, this week, I like Michigan State minus, minus 34 and a half. It's Akron. Um, it's a wild, wild game. I also like Texas Tech. Texas Tech is minus three against 24th ranked Houston. I like that a lot as well. Uh, it's home game. Wait, wait, wait. You had Michigan State at 34 and a half. Uh, yeah, right now on the ESPN thing, it says 34 and a half against Akron. And what was Texas Tech, Houston? Texas Tech is minus three against Houston. Ooh. Houston, I mean, Houston's what 14th in the country, 24th in the country, I mean, and they are the underdog this week. And Vegas is smarter than all of us combined. That seems like uh, taking Houston plus the points is a huge trap. And Texas Tech is no slouch, man. They're going to win that game. It's going it's to be a good game to watch, though. Hey, don't sell yourself short. You're a tremendous slouch. Yes. I'm a oh, – Jesus. Brock has all the fucking wittiest comments. All right, so I got a game for you here. So I'll right, let you do right. two. Let me get number two in. Tennessee versus Pitt. Give me the volunteers minus six and a half. Okay. We also, that was the other game that we did well on. West Virginia pulled on by, a, by the hook. I had seven Same. and a half. Same. Uh, yeah, that was two weeks ago. We, I did awful. I was 0 for century on, I just lost everything I ever had. Look, I'm lucky I didn't have a house or I wouldn't anymore. But same, same. Last week, man, we did a lot better, a lot better. So the big time rivalry game that I want to talk to you about is in Iowa earlier. This week, Iowa State, Iowa. Iowa is a three and a half point favorite. I like Iowa State plus three and a half. I think that Iowa State's coach is potentially the next Nebraska coach if we don't hire Lane Kiffin or Urban or Mike Leach. What's his name? Like, Mike Leach. It's like Dan Campbell or something. It's, no, that's the coach for the Lions. It's Matt. Um, shit, I just had it. Do Matt? It's it's Matt. Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell. That, that's right, Matt Campbell. Yeah. Matt Sorry, Campbell. I've been watching hard. I just watched rewatched Hard Knocks. So Motor City Dan Campbell's hard to get out of the head. I mean, that's- Dan Campbell. I, I like Dan Campbell a lot. Also, look out for the Lions this year for the whole six wins, maybe. Hey, maybe I do like the, I do like the Cyclones pick there. Um, I mean the if they can hold if South Dakota State can hold Iowa's offense down like that, I think that that just coaching wise, Iowa State has a, has a great matchup, and Iowa State lost their best running back last year, who is now the Jets' running back. 
But Matt Campbell's a great coach. Uh, young, not really proven, but Iowa State's going to have some, have some ballers, and they're going to be good. All right, so I just realized that all four of these games are SEC picks. But my third game is going to be Kentucky and Florida. Ooh, who you got? I'm going to take Kentucky getting five and a half. Is it, It's in Florida, right? Correct. Uh, that's a tough pick. Actually, um, one thing I do like about about you picking SEC games is that the, you're in SEC country, so you hear a lot more about it than I would. Like randomly on on sports radio and local kind of stuff, you 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 hear more detail and things that I'd have to like look up and find info on. You're kind of just naturally in the, in the area, so you have naturally a better view of of the SEC and not just LSU, but all the teams combined than, than people outside of your region would be, you know? Well, and I did love Florida last week against Utah. It's just Utah does play Florida every year, like Kentucky does. So, so you want uh, – I would like to uh, make a friendly wager to get my, my beer back on the Arkansas game. I would take Florida. I think that Florida's quarterback is going to be a problem for teams this year, and he looks stellar. He does look good. He does look very good. Looks stellar. He, he's going to be a problem. I just like Kentucky's overall team. They don't make a lot of mistakes. You know, they're almost like becoming like the Northwestern of the Big Ten. But the Northwestern of the SEC, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. In that they don't beat themselves. They don't turn the ball over. However, who is Kentucky's head coach? Do you know? I forget his name. I do but, too. I like him a lot, though. Um, I, I really like that a lot. I think, but I, I'm going to take Florida for the upset. I'm going to take Florida. Uh, I guess Kentucky would be the upset, I guess. I'll take Florida for the cover, though, the five and a half. Um, some, some places, five looks like. In some places, it's four and a half. But I want to get my beer back. All right. So, so it's double that's, or nothing that's our, for me? That's our beer bet. Double or nothing beer bet. All right. Other than that, I think that that's about the best games of the of the, of the week. Um, I don't have any other ones that I really, I really like right now. I have one more. Oh, and it's Mark Stoops, coach of Kentucky. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought it was somebody that we know. All right, so I have one more. And one of these teams is playing right now. This is why I'm going to pick against them. Vanderbilt versus Wake Forest on a short week. Give me Vanderbilt plus eight and a half. Which one of those teams is playing right now? Wake Forest. Uh, that's not true. Oh, Georgia they're Tech. playing Georgia Tech. I'm sorry. I was sorry. Like, ah, I was looking at Georgia Tech's next week opponent and also looking at that game at the same time. No, Wake Forest, Vandy. Wake Forest, different um, than Georgia Tech. I want yeah, Vandy. It's true. It's true. I want Vandy plus eight and a half. Uh, I have one more also just because it's uh, the home region for me in Colorado. We have the Boulder, Colorado Buffaloes playing against Air Force this week. And CU is plus 17. 
And I'm going to go ahead and put this out there. CU upsets Air Force in the Springs, beats them, beats them. Money line for CU is plus 600. What's the point spread? 17. CU minus CU plus 17 against Air Force. I'm gonna go ahead and put I'm gonna go ahead and lay it. CU money line plus 600. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think somebody in Vegas watched uh Top Gun Maverick a few too many times. I don't know. That uh that football slash throwback volleyball scene was pretty pretty intense for that guy, apparently. He really, he really, really enjoyed it more than most people probably should. Yeah, the uh, dogfight football on the beach. Yeah, uh, but yeah, CU I think gets a win and um, upsets Air Force plus six hundred is a great is a great number. Good value for sure. At least, and, and like market CU isn't terrible. They just need to commit to running the ball because their quarterback is awful right now. They have some talented receivers. They have they have a couple good. They have a couple ballers too. Um, I haven't seen them play much. Yet, obviously, they only play one game, but uh, they look like they're going to be all right this year still. In a weak Pac-12, an Air Force is still the same Air Force as long as they, their defense can stay home and stop that crazy triple option, whatever nonsense. Um, I think CU pulls the upset. I, I'm going to say uh, probably going to be like a 24-21 game, 27-26, something close, close, though. So. I'm guessing it's going to be like 56-54. Uh, I think it's going to be close. Uh, the over-under is 49. I'm going to say like a 28-26 or 28-24, something close. Yeah, But see you like, win. Like I said earlier, I'm not a big uh, like totals better. I do have an announcement. I will be betting every North Carolina over for the rest of the season. Man, their their team total that their that dude Mays or May he's gonna be good too. That was the best game of the, of the week for sure to watch. Uh, if you want to take an an over bet, um, the Kansas West Virginia game, Kansas overs are eleven and zero in the last eleven games. Yeah, they I saw earlier, uh, I think maybe yesterday on Twitter that they over the last two years have been the best over team in the country. Yeah, it's like 81% overs, but the last 11 games are 11 and 0. And the last 13 games are, are like 12 and 1. So that's probably a pretty safe bet, also. But um, I think that's about all we got, man. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, the tank is empty. The tank is empty. The Kool Aid's down the drain. There's not enough sugar. Uh, so you can find the Nebraska Hour on the B Yappin Network on betyourash.com on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much everywhere you find podcasts at, you can find us. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Timmy Nebraska, Facebook, Instagram, all the same, Timmy Nebraska. You can find Brock at Brock White 86 Is that correct? That is correct. That is correct. Brock, first time ever off the Kool-Aid. Amazing. Amazing. Hey, quick um, shout out. Quick shout out to the boy Will Compton playing Narco. That was pretty cool. Hell yeah! You know, uh, I love that. I love that. I love his show as well. Um, we'll be back next week after hopefully a win against Georgia Southern, but less than twenty and a half. 
Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll, 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 we'll reconvene at least. And so, we'll definitely so what, I want, what I want y'all to do as listeners is uh, you know, rate, review, give us five stars, give us a comment, uh, you know, tell us we're wrong if we're wrong. You know, I want to hear some opinions back because you know, me and Brock, we're, we're dummies. And if you have any friends, you know, tell them too. <laughs>